Welcome to Functional Spirituality. I'm your host, Ava, and today we're going to be speaking about yoga. And I have been wanting to put together this episode for a very long time. In fact, when I was conceptualizing the podcast, this was really what I wanted to talk about. The topic of what is yoga has definitely been discussed a lot. Um, I have attended many, 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 many yoga talks that have explained what is yoga. But over the past few years, I've been on an exploration about what yoga is from a totally different framework, from an academic standpoint, from a historical and a philosophical framework rather than from the eyes of a practitioner or from the eyes of any particular system, because every system has a talk called what is yoga. Every system, every yoga practitioner who has been in the field for more than a year has a robust explanation about what yoga is. And it's probably because when we first start yoga and get interested in it, those who, you know, really get attracted to it, we really want to know what yoga is, where did it come from, how does it work, as if somehow finding out where yoga came from and what it really is and what the most ancient iterations of it were we might get closer to enlightenment. So yogis love to know and define what yoga is, and then they find some definition that fits with them, that fits with the style that has changed their lives, that fits with their own belief systems, with their perspectives, their philosophy. And many yogis aspire to or quickly become yoga teachers and then yoga is tightly wound up in our courses and our classes and our livelihood and our reputation. What yoga is and what we define it as becomes pretty solidified from a young yogi age. And I was the same, if not one of the stronger cases of someone who for sure knew what yoga is and what yoga was. Um, when I started, well, one of the places I started with, because I really started my yoga practice in Bikram yoga back in 2009, it must be now, back when I was living in Sydney. And one of the first places that I kind of went away and started studying yoga was the Agama Yoga School, which is like a yoga university, a huge center in Thailand that was really dogmatic and had a really strong idea of what yoga is and what yoga isn't and was adamant about educating all yogis about what yoga truly is. And it was very attractive for me. Um, it had a lot of emphasis on traditional texts, and we spent a lot of time looking at the um, 
ancient parts of the tradition. And there was a lot of dogma there. And I was very easily and quickly indoctrinated into that dogma um, because of some of the amazing effects that I received from the yoga practice and from the meditation and the some of the texts and traditions and styles and philosophies that were being shared were just incredible, were exquisite philosophies of tantric Shaivism and from the Hatha Yoga tradition as well. And it even brought in a lot of the new age components that we take yoga to be nowadays, the Jungian philosophy and the chakras and, and stuff like that. So I was so drawn to it. I was at the ripe age of 22 and I, you know, really fell in love with this definition of yoga and became a traditional yogi <laughs> and went on to teach and um, spread a lot of the messages from that school um, from very early on in my yoga career. But something about yoga is so loaded. It's almost as if while it's working to help you heal and connect the fragmented parts of yourself, it also goes in like a filler foam to bandage all the parts that you can't deal with. So we get attached to yoga. It, it's an insidious thing, really, the way that we get attached to the promises and the dogma and all the parts of yoga and the systems that don't actually work and don't make sense for us at all and maybe even are causing us harm and are, you know, we're taking backward steps in the practice. And some of us are more sensitive to that than others. Some of us can feel that and we just ignore it. Some people aren't even aware of it at all. But this is the danger of yoga. And this is something that a lot of people aren't willing to look at and aren't willing to question. And not as a fault of the individual, it's so widespread across the yoga industry. I would argue it's actually a quality of yoga itself. I think that yoga itself is the problem, not necessarily the people, which, you know, most people would argue the other way, saying, oh, you know, it's not yoga, it's not spirituality, it's not the practice. It's the people that, you know, don't have the clarity or aren't willing to question. But I actually believe that it's tied up inside yoga itself. The deception and the manipulation and the misinformation and the promises and the dogma is actually at the heart the heart of yoga itself. You can't separate yoga from the dogma and from the potential to be led astray. 
So rather than trying to ignore that and saying, no, yoga is pristine and clear and an ancient, perfect education of enlightenment, rather I will be inviting you in these series of talks to really consider that yoga itself is concepts created by and adopted by egos. So yoga isn't something outside of that. Yoga is just a mirror and a reflection. And I'm going to be going into this in a lot of detail. Actually, this material is, you know, I only really share this in our yoga teacher training courses because it is so vital for my yoga teachers to know about the truth. Um, but it's a big story, you know, like I said, I've, I've actually wanted to dedicate the podcast to this, um, exposure of the, or expose of, of what yoga is and, and how it's ultimately flawed and how the quicker we can see that and, and stop the romanticism, um, actually it's not just going to. Um, help to mitigate all the terrible shit that can happen in the community and amongst ourselves and with the leaders and with the students. It's not going to just mitigate the problems, but actually what I found was that going on this exploration completely changed my practice and made it functional. <sighs> So in 2017, I really started an exploration of what yoga is from outside the lens of the practitioner. So from that academic and historical standpoint, and it's a very popular topic amongst academics, luckily. A lot of them are not practitioners. They're just studying what is this word yoga, exactly as you would study any culture, any religion. People are, you know, there are nerds out there. I'm one of them, but there are some super nerds out there, my heroes, that are really interested in the, his the history, the development, the anthropological perspective of how yoga has developed across the ages. Um, you know, often we are only interested in, in how it's developed for us, for the modern practitioner. Um, but yoga has been a development, a transformation, strongly mirroring the state, society, the, you know, the narratives of different cultures, mainly in India, but then, you know, recently across the globe and, and outside of India. Um, it's a very interesting story for some nerds. You know, people do get into this. And for us as yogis and practitioners, even if you don't consider yourself to be a yogi, this series is going to be so interesting for you because Yoga really is actually just spirituality reflecting back a certain 
time in society. So yeah, there's a lot to unpack here and I'm so looking forward to it. It's taken me um, years of really concentrated study to, you know, from this other standpoint, I spent so long studying yoga from inside the tradition or a tradition, a one perspective. But when you kind of zoom out and start to see how much difference there is inside of yoga, it brings so much richness to the spiritual practice in general. You know, for me, the pillar of spiritual practice is to be able to see and to see like, you know, with your full being to really see and accept and acknowledge all viewpoints, every side, and to see them as equally valid and to see all sides not as contradictions to each other. So not seeing them as, you know, opposing, even though they can actually be opposing views. But when you just start to see that there's just such a richness in all the perspectives that although they could be framed as being against each other, it's never, that's never possibly the case. Like there's just such a richness to every side. So looking and seeing how yoga is not a real thing. It's not one thing. There's no ancient lineage. There's no ancient teaching that, you know, you might be fortunate enough to connect to and to know about. All there is is an evolution of philosophy and culture and society and spirituality. Within yoga, there are dualistic forms and non-dualistic forms. There's ascetic forms and householder forms. There's no consistency whatsoever. Nothing that you say about yoga as being an absolute and as being true is true. You cannot say that yoga is, you know, about spirituality even. Yoga in so many instances were actually just means of controlling the population. No form of yoga is inherently more valid than another one. This is the whole story about functional spirituality. Functional spiritual practice, functional anything, is functional because it inquires into what is the intention, what do I actually want, then what practices are the best or the, you know, the best I have access to that I'm going to try in order to get me the goal that I'm interested in. And then that's functional. So if your goal is to become an ascetic, then your a functional practice for that would be things that are helping that along. If your goal is to be more worldly, if your goal is to rear a family or to have a job, then your spiritual practice is not going to be some ascetic hatha yoga practice, 
you know, or doing headstands for worldly, um, if you want to have, you know, a healthy body and so on, you really have to question the practices and your intentions and aims because otherwise what you're doing is unhelpful dogma, unhelpful and harmful, probably dogma. There is no reason that any of us should be doing any practice that isn't giving us measurable and positive results. We have access to so much information, so many different forms of yoga and spirituality and philosophy and and healing and movement and therapy and um, religion and, and community and communication. What's actually more important is that we try this functional approach, which starts with getting better at asking ourselves why we're doing something, what we're interested in. That inquiry needs to be daily and we need to continue to get better at that. So functional spirituality is really about refining your capacity to turn inward and to connect with what is truly relevant and meaningful for you. And then to have as much intelligence as possible as you go and pursue your practice or the, you know, technical and tactical side of how you're going to get closer to whatever is relevant and meaningful for you. I mean, to me, that's the point of existence. That's the point of our lives, not just as humans, but anything that's alive is trying to move towards things of value and move away from things that are um, of n- not of value to it. So as humans, we have you know an even more increased capacity to move towards things that are really refined and relevant and meaningful to us. So it's our responsibility to do so. I am going to leave this one right here just to make it a bit um, compact and accessible for you. So this is just a bit of an introduction to what is yoga. We're going to completely dive into the history, where it came from, you know, what were the conditions in which the practice was born is going to totally change the way you practice right now and move you away from a dogmatic and harmful practice Even if a majority of your practice is really beautiful and really helpful, some of it might be dogmatic and harmful, and this is going to help you to move away from those elements in the way that you teach yoga, in the way that you practice spirituality, meditation, and so on. And for me, this, like I said, it's it's translated to how I live my life, being able to open the mind, not be so locked in and therefore reactive based on unquestioned beliefs and assumptions. So thanks for listening, and I very much hope you enjoy the rest of this series. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you stay in touch. And we welcome conversation about these episodes, so head over to Facebook and search Functional Spirituality 
And inside that group, we'd love to hear your thoughts and connect with you even further.